Hello, welcome to Seniors and the People Who Love Them. I'm Cookie. I'm Binky. And I'm Wendy. Before we start, we have a disclaimer. Our weekly disclaimer is that we are not physician or lawyer. If you have a medical issue or legal issue, please seek to practitioner or lawyer to give you professional advice. In our last episode, we had an ombudsman as a guest speaker. I thought she brought some valuable information. I think she took some of the sting away in reference to what an ombudsman does, particularly in our arena, coming out to visit the long-term care facilities and everyone feeling a little intimidated by her presence. But she gave us a lot of valuable information. One thing for certain, and one thing I thought was are really wonderful. And I think in terms of what I do, she's really an advocate, an advocate for the vulnerable adults. I thought she was great. It was really good experience to have her on and I hope she'll come back. Yeah, I'm sure she will. Today, we are blessed to have a special guest, Keith Levitt. Keith is a certified financial planner and senior investment consultant. Today, we're going to turn the topic towards finance, which I think we've talked about a lot as each topic comes up. Finance is always in there. Keith, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing. Hello, Wendy. Nice to hear and see you again. (laughs) And uh, nice to meet you, Cookie and Pinky. My name is Keith Levitt. I'm a certified financial planner and a senior investment consultant with Baird, which is in Towson. We're a regional brokerage firm based out of the Midwest, conservative firm. If you want to picture who we are, think of what Lake Mason was here in Baltimore back in the day. That's where I started my career 24 years ago. So Baird is like a warm, comfortable hug of a firm. I have been a certified financial planner since 2007, and that helps me provide. I'm spending most of my day with clients talking about their financial plans, planning for the future getting to retirement, living through retirement, and trying to help them know they have another pair of eyes and resource available to them so they can live their life and let us get the gray hair and worry about the other stuff. I definitely know as I'm hitting this age that retirement in my peers and my friend groups is definitely become much more of a topic as we approach that age. Robert W. Baird started in over 100 years ago in the Midwest in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 15 of us left. Lake Mason had gotten bought by Smith Barney back in 06. So we were at Smith Barney and it was on you know, New York, the Wall Street based firm. So 15 of us left. My colleagues, one of my current good friends and colleagues, Jim Ferletti and Jim Hodges led the way to Baird and 15 of us left at the same time. It was quite a cue back 14 years ago this past February to start up the first office for Baird here in Baltimore. So that's where we are now. That's where we hang our hats and couldn't be happier and prouder. That's great. Wonderful. So Keith, tell me, how does one become a certified financial planner? And actually, what does that entail? I know it's about money and where to put it and how it's going to work for you. Because can you get a little specific? Absolutely. It's a great question. Many people say, what are the initial CFP really mean behind your name on your business card? What does that do for me? And obviously it stands for certified financial planner. And when you come into this business as an investment advisor, back in the day, we were called stockbrokers. Now we're wealth managers. You take series of tests, series 766, life and health insurance, all different tests to get you into the securities industry passed and qualified. The certified financial is another degree or deeper dive into certain areas of expertise that include estate planning, 
tax planning, investment planning, et cetera. And it's a rigorous 18-month study now. I think they've expedited that down to nine-month study where you really go through a series of topics, then you pass an exam, and then at the end, you take like a six-hour exam. So I wouldn't say it's up to the certification to be like a CPA, but it certainly is a rigorous deep dive into areas of expertise that we deal with every day. And I felt that by getting mine, however difficult it was and how many sleepless nights we had back then, it was important for me to have that knowledge base to be a resource for my clients. So Keith, what advice would you give to an aging single or couple that may need long-term care sometime in the future? The biggest thing I see in my practice is long-term care, obviously, is an expense to take care of you or have assisted care in a place that you pay money to help you when you can't do it yourself any longer. And the biggest drawdown I see in client asset accounts that they've saved for all their lives, for retirement, for living, the lifestyle they want to once they stop working, I see them just disintegrate into zero because proper planning wasn't done for a single or a couple for long-term care. So long-term care now, instead of self-pay for your own care, you basically pass that liability onto the insurer and say, I'm going to pay the insurer while I'm in my 50s for care that I might need when I'm in my 70s. And when you're healthier, anybody can get long-term care regardless of age. It's less underwriting than an insurance policy. But the policy standards have changed where the policy types have changed definitely in the last decade. And I can get a little bit more specific in the types of long-term care coverage people either have now, have gotten in the past, and should expect to get in the future. Any questions on that part so far? I think we've all experienced where we see somebody have a sudden event and all of a sudden they're in a long-term care center. And so often nobody plans for that and no one thinks it's going to happen to them. We just see that all of the assets that they have and the money that they have are suddenly up for grabs while they try to become Medicaid pending in a long-term care center, which is that whole spend-down process. We've, I think, seen some pretty tragic cases. And so I think, if nothing else, that's what we're trying to do is to warn people about that, that just like you said, you can't really plan for that early enough plan now. Exactly. And when I see folks retire and then their kids start taking over things and then all of a sudden the assets, there's no more assets to pass on to the kids that the, the legacy planning that they had done in the future. Yeah. The planning now in your fifties, forties, thirties, it's never too early to start with inflation the way it is on everything that we're seeing every day. The inflation rate on healthcare, as you all know, is just exorbitant in the aging of America. So there's multiple different types of ways or things people can do now in the types of policies. They've become new and improved as where they were a decade ago. So if you know anyone with a long-term care policy that's probably moaned and groaned about their premiums going up and their expectations or benefits going down, that's the old school types of policies. And regarding that policy, present policy are much, much better than they used to be because in my experience, in long-term care, whenever a person say, I have a long-term care insurance, end of, it doesn't pay off anything. I'm sure there is a layer of expense like the way insure, but most of the time, long-term care insurance mean nothing. So far in my 
And that could be because, as you say, old school insurance. So in your opinion, the long-term care insurance has been better. It's a different kind that causing the problem. I think that the ones that you may be referring to and the ones I refer to have become outdated. Whereas before, someone in their 50s, they, do, they answer a couple of questions and they say for a couple in Maryland, the average expense in an assisted living for three or four years is seven grand. And then they factor, okay, what's that in current dollars? So you essentially, they come up with a premium for you to give you that benefit 20 years down the road. And if you never use it, you lose it, like term insurance. Right. So you pay these premiums all your life. I have clients who come to me and say, oh, look at my ex. I'm not going to say the company's name, but I'm sure a lot of people in this business know what I'm talking about. Every year, they're raising the premium, sometimes 30%. And you have to make a decision. Do I want to pay the 30% more premium for something I may never use or just keep my premium the same and get less benefit? So that is a struggle because those policies are now outdated. But they've said, I've been paying on it for 20 years. I can't just let it, can't walk away from it. So it's a tough struggle. But the newer type policies are what we call hybrid long-term care policies and riders. They're more flexible and easier to use. They're the best use in, for your existing assets. If you get a life insurance policy with a long-term care rider, let's say hypothetically I did, I'm 52 years old, and I get a $300,000 life insurance policy with a long-term care rider. In 10 years, I have a, an event and I cannot complete X number of the ADLs for the activities of daily living, triggers the policy. My life insurance policy death benefit of 300,000 is accelerated to a monthly benefit paid out to me for me to pay my long-term care expenses. It brings me hope that the industry is evolving to our current needs. Yeah. And we always tell people, read the fine print, consult with a financial advisor, consult with somebody you trust, have your loved ones look it over. Because I have had the experience of having some long-term care policies that the fine print is that there's a lot of loopholes that they actually don't cover things in certain circumstances. And I've had lots of disappointed families with that. So it brings me some hope and faith that the industry is evolving to cover what our seniors actually need. Right. Absolutely. It's come a long way in, in my career. And I've noticed because you get rid of that use it or lose it risk, because now you have a death benefit. If God forbid you pass away, your heirs get that. And if you do need long-term care, you have this bucket of cash that the insurer has taken on the risk that you're ever going to use. So yes, it's definitely evolved. It's seen the community screaming and for decades, and we've had put some smile on people's faces to give them the comfort that they know they're covered. That's great. And that that's exactly what I want to hear, because this gives us a hope for long-term care insure thing that in past we have said unsuccessful. So this is really great to hear that we have some hopes. You don't even have to hand paperwork. You just they say they're gonna pay you five grand a month for four years. There's less what are you explanation of benefits? There's not really what are you using it for? If you've triggered that long-term care need, it's a cash flow with less questions asked and so it's, yes, I'm, I was just reiterating that. There's a quite a bit of ambiguity when it comes to the differences between a living trust, a last will and testament. And in my role as a social services director, oftentimes people come in and think they have 
a power of attorney financially ends up being a power of attorney healthcare. So could you expound or differentiate between those three entities? Sure. A last will and testament allows you to define how you would like your assets to be distributed upon your passing. And it also names an executor or as a fiduciary to administer your estate. So like mine is my sister. She's my closest loved one. Something happens to me, she knows that she's going to be kicked into gear to handle my things. Trusts are another layer. They can be used for multiple reasons, such as a saving on taxes, eliminating probate, which is a public process where you have to create estate accounts. It's more of a nuisance. We do it all the time when people don't have, unfortunately, proper planning in place. And the probate process is through the courts. Trusts also, living trusts, revocable living trusts, provide protection for unforeseen risks. For example, if you want your assets to go to your kids and you're, you don't like your son's wife and you want to keep it in the bloodline and get it to your grandkids and, not, and they divorce, you can stipulate that all in, in a trust. You have better control of your assets with a trust from the grave than you would in just a straight will. It also protects, you from, protects your assets from creditors. God forbid you find yourself in a situation with a large liability of some unforeseen event in your life and they need to come get money from you, your trusts are protected from creditors as well. So there's quite a great amount of benefits. People used to think trusts were for folks who were trying to avoid paying estate taxes. Right. And estate taxes, the levels to trigger an estate tax for an estate is well over 11 or $12 million nowadays. And so trusts play a more of a role of not estate tax planning, but of controlling the assets with a deeper protection for you and yourself that uh, that a will can't. And I can go in powers of attorneys and all of that, but any thoughts on the will or the trusts that I could help further explain? So my question to you, Keith, based on your knowledge and based on your experience, it's better to have a trust than less will and test whatever else will or whatever so between will and a trust is the better way to protect your asset to your kids or whoever you want to distribute is that correct yeah in the long term depending on how intricate your estate is or in the long term a trust provides more privacy and reduces administrative legal costs over the long term if they ever were to arise so yes i think they're a very important tool and Many people go on websites and draw up a quick will and think they're done and, and then find out years later that something happened and they didn't really ask the right questions of what do I really, what do I want to get out of this? What are my goals with my estate? And so you had mentioned power of attorney as well. They're extremely important, especially if someone has serious illness or unexpected incapacitation. They're a durable power of attorney and a healthcare power of attorney to a named person fiduciary to act in your best interest to handle all your financial and medical decisions, filing tax returns, investment decisions, enforcing the living will or the trust are all very important documents that we either help people make sure they have, or we help send them into the right hands to get them done. Okay, great. So my next question, Keith, I think you already answered it, but I'm going to ask to regenerate. Many seniors feel the ability to put for healthcare, medication, and increased care need, what advice would you give to them? I guess you already answered that long-term care insurance does effective nowadays than used to be. Do you have any other advice, reference to that? Yeah, for those going back to the long-term care, that helps 
lower the risk of of blowing through your assets for an event. If someone has the wherewithal and wants to self-insure or self-pay, obviously they don't need to worry about long-term care and they probably aren't worried about things of that nature. But there are plenty of affordable healthcare plans available for every budget and premiums. Tax credits have been made available under the Affordable Care Act in 2010. So not only for individuals, for folks with lower incomes, The Affordable Care Act provides many coverages. When we do financial planning, we look at different levels of health care coverages for people that either need to bridge the gap from retirement to Medicare, but there are very affordable options. Also, Medicare, there's supplemental plans called Medigap plans that can be structured to fit individuals' budgets and health care needs and Medicare Advantage as well. So they all have their advantages and disadvantages. Our firm just recently... I will tell you, going through this with my parents, my mom is 83 and we, my father unfortunately passed in September from personal experience. And now I'm currently and my siblings looking for independent living for my mother. But the whole trying to explain Medicare and what's covered and not, and should you get a Medigap policy, not only to my clients, but to my own mother. It's difficult. It's not easy conversation. It's a full-time job. It really is. I know my dad's 84 and yeah, yeah. And it's funny because like at work, there's a lot of people that financially have the ability to retire at 60 or even 58 or something like that, but they're not, they're staying on with the company part-time for the health insurance. And so it's a thing that I hear more and more people talking about. So when one comes to you, Keith, You sit down and then you just help them to navigate a plan that is pretty much individual. They come and say, I I just need to get some structure and planning for the future. Is there an age where you would say, I know this this is a sensitive topic, but I think it could have started about 20 years ago. Do you ever want to say discouraged, but do you often see people who maybe have been dragging their feet and haven't been proactive enough for planning? Unfortunately, every single day. Wow. We're not alone. Yes. I have people come in at 64 and say, I want to retire next year. Here's my bank account. How long will this last? And so I've seen it all over the place. And unfortunately, it's never too late to at least try to fill different buckets for different things for make sure your assets that you saved or didn't save or begin to save at least at a minimum, are going to go in the right places and work for the right reasons. And that's what we help develop. There's no age minimum. I start with kids that are 100% safe and conservative. And I have 80-year-old clients that are gung-ho stock market growth stock people. So I have people all across the board, different levels of planning, different areas of need. And we just wrap our, our arms around them and say, here's what we're going to do. Here's what you can expect from us. And here's how we're going to help guide and build a framework for your future. So it's, but everyone, the biggest worry, Wendy, I don't want to take your thunder. I know you were going to ask me that last question. No, no, that's okay. Go for it. Let me hear your voice and ask me this question. Hey, Keith, what do you find is the number one financial worry for seniors that come to you? (laughs) Wendy, I'm so glad you asked that question because in my experience, it would absolutely have to be, will I outlive my money? And many people have other concerns. Am I paying too much in taxes? Are there tax strategies I should consider now or in the future? How am I going to get my money to my heirs, my legacy? Are my assets protected for my beneficiaries? 
is there going to be an event that's going to wipe out my retirement? So my wife, if God forbid I get really sick, she's not going to have anything left. And is Social Security going to be there down the road? The biggest thing is I outlive my money. And so you got to look at all the resources and what are the things that are going to available to you to keep your expenses down, live the lifestyle you wish. The re- we analyze the resources you have, whether it's your retirement planning or your a pension or things of that nature. Things definitely are looked through a magnifying glass when you go through a high inflationary period and a down stock market period and everyone gets concerned and worried. But many times when clarity comes to the picture, when someone helps you bring some clarity to your long-term picture and shows you in writing what it might look like, you feel like you can weather the storms better in times like those than if you were on an edit line. And using people experts like yourself as a resource for different things gives people hope and direction. And that's obviously why, what motivated you to do this podcast. Yes. I think all of us in our roles have seen and heard so much financial worry from patients. And it's a huge problem in the United States. I work for a hospice now and I can't tell you how many referrals we get where somebody's living at home and they're either their needs have gotten so great that their family can't physically take care of them any longer. I see frequently a husband and a wife and one spouse is trying to take care of the other while the other's aging as well or may have physical ailments of their own, or they just don't have the money to go into a long-term care center or to hire in-home caregiving. And I, it's every single day I see it. It's a real crisis that doesn't get talked about enough, I think. So I have a question, Keith. Somebody, somebody senior that who is listening our podcast thought what you say that never late and want to get some kind of help from you, how they go about and what is the cost to receive the finance bear finance company and how they go about it? Sure. If someone is a unhappy with the direction or the advice that they're getting, or they're not getting any advice and they look want to turn to a company like mine or the firm I work for, Baird and or my practice, they can you know we're on the website, you can Google Keith Levitt. Baird and uh, my website, my firm's websites are on there. There's a lot of intellectual capital in there about what we do and our philosophy and my practice, everybody. I spend a good amount of time with my clients, understanding with their goals and objectives and risk tolerance and needs and setting up their expectations on what to expect. And if we engage in a business relationship where we're going to manage their, not only their investments, but do financial planning for them, all of that is encompassed into one relationship. Because if we are managing the investments, we are also keeping an eye on them, monitoring them, making sure that they're working in the right risk tolerance that's appropriate for them, and also updating the financial plan, monitoring the financial plan, and keeping an eye on things so they don't have to worry about it. In our in this day and age, there's no more transactional costs. There's no more commissions. If you buy and sell a stock or a bond, you, back in the day, you paid a commission. And was my advisor calling me to sell something or buy something because he needed to buy that boat down the street? The business, just like long-term care, is very transparent now. So we charge an annual fee, which is a percentage that's based on billed to the accounts quarterly. So the better we do, you've heard it on the radio, the better we do with your assets, the better you do. We all make 
money. We're all working on the same side of the track for the same common ground. And, uh, and it's transparent. You see the fee, you know exactly what you're paying. We're not trying to hide anything. And, and the fees can vary and the account sizes can vary, but I don't discriminate as far as account size or in terms of the level. If someone says to me, this is what I have, and I'll be completely open and honest with them and, and see if we can help. And if I can't, or I can certainly send them or help them in a direction that best suits them. That's a good news. So, somebody, because I live in a community that's a lot of seniors and they need a help. As you said, they never thought about it that nowadays to somebody to look after their invest and finance is very important, important place. You cannot do at 70, you cannot do all of by yourself. You need some help. And especially age of 17 going upward, they're going to have some kind of forgetfulness and all that good age brings them. So I'm glad you explained that. People, senior who listening the podcast, they have a hope that there is somebody that can help them. Thank you for that. I was just going to speak to the trust factor because the market have been so volatile back and forth up and down some of us have made money some have lost and speak personally for that so in building that trust factor i think is pretty based upon what you're discussing talking about being transparent i think that for the listeners i think that will weigh it very heavily for them because when it comes to money other different size of individuals other different sides of people definitely and they should your listeners should be asking the questions. Well, what am I paying? What's this cost me? Are there any hidden fees? Is there a conflict of interest? Is there, or they just choose someone that comes with a great track record. It's hard. There's a lot of people out there that want to manage or help you with your wealth, but you got to figure out, weed through the bad stuff to get to the good things. But I will tell you one thing that may be timely is I'm obviously, I lost my father, my mom, we're looking for independent living. I'm a certified financial planner. My sister is a nurse. She was a shock trauma nurse. Her and her family live in Maine now. My brother is a was, works for the sheriff's department in Hartford County. So we have different areas of expertise. Right. And when it came to my own family and my father needing care for over four years and my mom being his number one caregiver and just beating her down and psychological pro- issues with her being the main caregiver and now her on her own and trying to find, we have, we had a financial planner, a nurse and a, a public servant police officer And all of us were confused, like, where do we go? Exactly. It's my experience. I've been in nursing leadership. I've dealt with in in the insurance, the financial side of it, the leadership, the nursing. And yet us are frequently, it's really troublesome to navigate the waters of the current healthcare system. It's really hard and then add money to it and it becomes even harder. I just keep hearing about just getting on Medicare, how complicated of a process that is. And I I think we just need to do better. It shouldn't be that complicated. And I think this is one of the main objectives of podcasts, seniors and the people who love them, because I think at least once or twice a week, at least one of us is approached about something related to the topics, the episodes, that we are providing. So we've been in the industry for 20 some years and we still sometimes, I understand what you mean, have to take a pause to make sure we're giving the right advice or pointing people in the right direction. So it's something else in terms of all the experts in your in your family. Yeah, we experienced that as well. How many times over the years have we heard 
what do you mean Medicare doesn't pay for me to be in a nursing home or an assisted living facility? People are shocked to find that out. I know in, in mm -hmm. hospice, unless you are at the highest level of care for hospice, there is a room and board component. And for some hospices, it can be $500 a day. And it's something that people don't know. I Every day we have patients that come to us and go, I have Medicare. Medicare pays everything. And it's such a hard reality to come by, especially now that we're squeezing the healthcare system as much as we are with finances right now, with inflation and healthcare systems declining, that money is becoming a really important topic for hospitals and healthcare institutions. 100% agree. Yep. I'm sorry for your recent loss, Keith. Yeah, you have our condolences. I've walked that walk and we all have, so you have our condolences in that regard. Thank you. I don't know if you guys already did a podcast on rehab facilities in the state of Maryland. Yes. We got to fix this. Together. I know. That's what we're trying to <laughs> do. But it's, it's luck. Let's take a break and we'll be right back. Okay, welcome back. This is the part of our podcast where we talk about resources that we've used to continue our research on this important topic. Pinky is going to share some popular medical terminology with us. Let's go with terminology. B and O. Bound not open. F. Cerebral spinal fluid. P. V. P. Central venous pressure. G. A. General anesthesia. L. A. Local anesthesia. M. Injection in muscle. You're getting to some that I haven't even heard of. B-N-O, bowel not open. Yes. I have never heard. Have you seen that before? I got up from Google, so no. <laughs> I know you got it from Google, but I have never seen that used before. Yeah. That's very interesting. I said I haven't come across that one in my practice. <laughs> guys got it. The bowel is always I'm, open. Uh, that can just serve as our joke for today. Okay. There you go. Okay. There you go. So some of the resources that I looked up and found some information, Council on Aging has some really great articles on finance for seniors. I thought that was really good. Keith, any other resources that you would recommend? I know my firm puts out non-sales pitch, like I said, intellectual capital on all these topics, and they're not selling anything. So I could either provide that. I don't know if I could give a direct link, but I have to think about like where I go to. A lot of the government... What's the Affordable Care Act mm -hmm. sites to look for financial, especially people are trying to bridge the gap between retiring and Medicare. There's a couple companies that we partner with now that we can help folks find that coverage. I don't know if I should mention, we partner with healthcare resource companies known as Eversurance and ClearMatch, placing coverage for clients who need to gap the time between retirement and Medicare kicks in. Yeah, that's a big topic. SSA.G, mm -hmm. Social Security Administration, make sure folks go in and sign in, create their account if they haven't, check out their Social Security statement so they understand what their cash flows might be and the benefit of waiting, trying to defer. Every year you defer, you get 8% more in money the following year. Yeah, that's all I have right now. That sounds great. Okay, so that is our show for today. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. 
We would like to give a special thank you to Keith Levitt for his for spending his time and sharing his knowledge and experience with our audience today. You did great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Keith. And my pleasure. Keith, can you talk about again how someone could reach you if they wanted some advice on financial planning? Our Towson office, our number is 410-769-5200. We're right on West Road in Towson, right down the street from Ruck Funeral Home, not by not planned that way. <laughs> but also my web is www.klevitt.bairdwealth.com, or you can just Google Keith Levitt Baird, and it'll take you to my website, which will have all my contact information, as well as, like I said, insight, resources, market discussions, planning pieces. And we are more than happy to be a part of this podcast and be a resource to your listeners. Great. Thank you so much. Listener, please subscribe to get our upcoming episode. We will be releasing new episode every other Tuesday morning. And if you have any questions, feedback, or ideas for future topics, please visit our website, www.seniorscast.com. You can email us at seniors at seniorscast.com. Please give our podcast a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, I'm Pinky. I'm Cookie. And I'm Wendy. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye now. now.